investors and I'm going to walk through a mind map of my decision to buy shares in Starbucks. Uh, if you've following me through audio, um, you can also listen to my analysis here uh, through my podcast, uh, Stock Talk, which you can download through iTunes. So basically what I'm gonna walk you through, for every stock that I look at, there's, there's a series of questions that I always ask. And, and that gives me a pretty good size up of the business of the company and its potential as an investment. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna walk through these questions and try to answer them and hopefully I can uh, come out with a, with a bit of an idea whether uh, I wanted to buy or, or sell the stock or not buy the stock. So for every question um, company that I look at, I always ask myself, the first question I always ask is, is what do they do? What do they sell? What's, the, what's their value proposition? What, what makes them uh, unique compared to other people that or other companies that do something that might do something similar? So in the case of Starbucks, what do they do? Well, essentially they sell, they're, they're pretty much at, at, at its core, uh, a restaurant, um, a coffee shop, essentially. They sell, you know, their, their core um, products that they sell are, you know, are coffee, Coffee drinks, cotton cold, and more recently they've gotten more into into food products. So essentially, you go to Starbucks to get coffee and food. But what they've also done, and I think this is what differentiates them and has made them a, I guess, a pioneer in a sense, is they've essentially uh, when you go to Starbucks, it's essentially it's like going to a library without the uh, without the books. It's become it's it's uh, this they've pioneered this whole concept of of sort of a gathering spot, um, being kind of that hub or a hub or a, you know, incubator for, um, for different, for, for, from, a, from a social perspective, you know, just meeting friends, hanging out type thing. But it's also um, become an incubator and a hub from a, from a business perspective where it's encouraged a lot of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, self-employed people, um, to to gather and have meetings and uh, and foster that kind of lifestyle, and one of the things I think that's been able to do that has become this I think the modern day library of the 21st century is is the ability of it was one of the first companies or one of the first um, businesses out there that incorporated the internet and and specifically Wi-Fi and that you can go to a Starbucks and connect to the internet and do everything you want to do. So that, in a way, that's why a lot of times I, when I think of Starbucks, um, I think of it as, as, as the library, as the library of the 21st century. And a big reason why it's doing that is, is the Wi-Fi pie. So a lot of what you go to Starbucks for, the value proposition, is really uh, is the social and the business area and really the, the secondary offering that you get from a Starbucks is the coffee, drink, and the food. And I guess what, the, what differentiates, again, Starbucks uh, from that side of it is the food and the products that they offer, the drinks, and they are, are, are higher priced. They are, they are much higher priced. And in a way, when I look at a Starbucks, I, I almost consider it to be uh, a, luxury, uh, a luxury brand um, type of, of, of product type of service. So that's kind of really where, where Starbucks is. Now, the next question I'll ask is, okay, that's great, but who do they compete with? Does, does anybody else offer a similar kind of value proposition as Starbucks? Well, th 
as I said, they were kind of the, one of the leaders into us, but there's a lot of competitors that have emerged and, and competitors such as that offer a similar type of environment and, and product uh, and product lineups. Like if I think of companies like Panera Bread, I think of I think a certain extent McDonald's now has evolved into that certain level. Uh, Second Cup here in Canada, um, you know, La Terry's um, it would be a similar one or Lavazza. The Vaza copy shops. There's a lot of competition in the space now, and uh, these are just some of the ones I haven't even, you know, scratched the surface of. We haven't even talked about the sort of the independents, the independent um, uh, coffee shops that are out there also. So, who goes to a Starbucks? Who who is what's their predominant clientele? Well, they do, you know, there is a cross section of people that do go to Starbucks, and again, it comes down back to this this. Uh, the social aspect. So people go to Starbucks um, for the social aspect of it, and they also go to Starbucks for from the business product to do business to facilitate um, um, business uh, activities, try to close the deal, um, sell people things. Um, a lot of that goes on there, and then also people just go there to work to do to work on their business. Um, people are that are self-employed. Um, you know, don't have, don't have a formal office and desk um, available to them, they go to Starbucks and it's just cheap. In a way, it's just a lot cheaper uh, from, a, from a perspective, from a rent perspective. Um, you know, the, in terms of age demographics, you know, you go to it, it's pretty much a cross-section. You're young, old, millennial, boomers, they're all, they're all there um, from that perspective. Kind of a breakdown of the of the company of the of the customer. Now the other thing that we have to understand too is, yes, there there is a there's a following there, um, but from a business perspective, from an investment perspective, we want companies to invest in companies that are going to have recurring income. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, um, yeah, these are the people, these are the people that will go to a Starbucks, but are they going to come back again? Are they going to continuously come back to 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 a Starbucks and the answer kind of comes at two levels. If you look at it purely from uh, the food aspect to it, the whole coffee aspect to it, and the whole caffeine perspective and getting people's getting a caffeine fix, uh, the answer is uh, is yes. From a from a caffeine perspective, yeah, uh, most likely to come back. Um, but then they also for, you have to look at it from a comfort perspective in terms of this whole. Um, business aspect of it and if it provides that um, uh, environment for for people to conduct business and, and do business there um, it'll have a, a, a greater probability of people wanting to come back there and frequent it on a more regular basis they come there on a more regular basis they'll buy more coffee they'll buy more food drinks and it kind of becomes a an endless an endless loop in that sense so from my perspective from what I see you, know, you just go to any Starbucks it's always full it's always busy um, you're always in line trying to get stuff, so I would say yes, they have a, a customer base that is willing to come back, um, even uh, willing to come back. So, so we got a, whoops, we got a company here with a, you know, strong, interesting uh, value proposition. They have a fair bit of competition. Um, I would consider them to be a higher-end luxury, luxury kind of service product. They offer a cross-section of, of customers that are willing to come back. That's all 
you know, these are all good things we want to see as, as investors. Um, but it comes down to also, as investors, the bottom line is, is this company um, profitable? Is this company actually making tangible wealth, creating tangible wealth for its shareholders? So in terms of that perspective, one of my go-to uh, metrics for evaluating a company's financial performance is comparing the company's uh, economic profit, which is basically comparing a company's uh, return on invested capital. Uh, whoops. Uh, company's return on invested capital and comparing it to the company's weighted average cost of capital. So if we looked at Starbucks over the last few years, their return on invested capital ranges between 42, has ranged between 42 and 60%. And when you compare it to uh, their cost of capital, which comes in at about 9.6%, this is the company that's creating a lot of um, solid economic profit. It is creating a lot of wealth for its, for, its, uh, for its shareholders. And it's really interesting to see because the reality is the food business is a very low margin business. So here's a company here in Starbucks that is, it's actually interesting because you know it's a low margin business it's a low margin business, but Starbucks is one of the few companies that can that has um, pricing power. Power in the sense that they can increase prices and they can charge a higher premium for it. Um, they can charge a higher premium for it and get that um, amount of money. Um, in terms of uh, what's been going on with the company, the company's you know it's uh, this is kind of what got me interested in the stock was. Uh, there's been a few things that have been going on with the business in terms of uh, their stores, uh, their growth area, and, their, and, and things like that. So in the latest quarter, they reported that they're going to be closing more stores. Um, they, uh, in the recent earnings report, they decreased their, uh, their estimates, their profit estimates, and the stock um, kind of took a real big hit. Um, just a couple of other tidbits you want to see with uh, What's really interesting is that when you look at their revenue streams, uh, they're selling more uh, internationally. Their sales are higher and more internationally than they are versus the U.S. And more specifically, uh, China is representing a really big uh, growth area for them. They are, uh, as much as I talk about them closing stores, they're actually opening a lot more stores in China right now. Um, and uh, so the, there's a definite change right now in the dynamics when you look at their their, their uh, revenue streams. It's coming; they're becoming more of much more of a global company than than really a, a U.S. oriented company. Uh, so, company's strong economic profit. It's becoming more diverse, and uh, its revenue streams are much more diverse, much more global in uh, in in, uh, in scope. So, again, these are all pretty good things to see too, as we, we want to see as investors. The next thing I want to a question I ask myself also is what is the financial strength of this company? How strong is this business? And this is where we got to kind of take a quick dive into the company's balance sheet. So, in terms of looking at a company's balance sheet, there's like three areas I try to focus in on: the liquidity, the debt level, and also the quality of the assets. So, the first thing I want to look at is liquidity. Um, and one couple of uh, metrics that I ratios that I kind of go towards is uh, their current ratio, which is comparing the company's uh, current assets to current liabilities. And right now, it's about one, so which is probably 
reason it's acceptable. Um, ideally, you want to invest in companies that have more current assets than current liabilities because it shows has a little bit of buffer and shows that they have the ability to meet their short-term day-to-day operational um, requirements. Uh, when I looked at the company's cash position, they have pretty much the same amount of cash as long-term debt. So if the company wanted to retire their debt tomorrow, they could do that. Uh, they could do that easily, and obviously that's a good thing we want to see. I'll check off that. Um, I took a look at their uh, debt levels. Their debt equity, which is another, which is a core debt um, ratio that I look at, is about 0.5, which is okay. Um, they have a good, their cash flows are very strong, they have strong cash flow growth and, uh, and then when I looked at the quality of the company's as, uh, intangible assets, the percentage of intangible assets as a total uh, amount of assets, it's pretty low. They have low intangible assets. So the quality of the company's uh, assets are pretty strong. The quality of capital in this business is, is, is pretty strong. So this is a pretty strong, financially strong company. This is not a company that's going to go out of business tomorrow. Uh, the next question that I will ask, that I ask myself then, is what are the risks associated with this business? What could happen in the future that could really throw this company for a loop and can take this company down a few notches or a lot of notches? And there are some risks out there. Um, as I said, most of their sales growth and the revenue growth is coming now from from China, and so, you know, given the fact that right now we're seeing um, a lot of um, trade trash talking going on, um, there is a risk out there that if things get continue to get heated and get uh, and escalate, that the Chinese government could start maybe targeting companies, U.S. companies, and and Starbucks would probably be. Um, could be at the front of the list, in front of the line, and with that, that could impair their ability to do business in China, which could ultimately, you know, um, put a crimp on the company's growth prospects and their earnings. And ultimately, that's not a, as an investor, that's a risk, and we have to be aware of it and be mindful. It could get targeted. Um, you know, it could be a target. Uh, another risk is, you know. Is a slowdown. Is economic slowdown? As I said, um, when we look at Starbucks, they're very much, uh, you know, a high-end, uh, disposable, consumer discretionary kind of business. So if the economy starts slowing down, we start seeing some real pullbacks. If these trade tensions really escalate and it pulls back economic growth, um, people could cut down their consumption of uh, of coffee and drinks and may not may not just want to show up at a Starbucks. So that's one aspect of it, um, the, the potential for a decrease in discretionary uh, spending. Uh, another area that, uh, that, uh, that, that could potentially impact the company is, is really from a social perspective. There was that recent incident in the U.S. where um, those couple of people were just hanging out at a Starbucks and they got kicked out and it created a whole social media uproar. The company was forced to shut down for an afternoon to teach its employees about uh, uh, social training, uh, racial training, racial uh, training and tolerancy and all that stuff. Um, that could have an impact on people's perceptions of the company, the perceptions of the brand of the company. Um, 
so that's a risk. But what's interesting that I thought was interesting was that uh, the company didn't kind of brush that incident off. They, they went out and actually tried to do something about it. So to me, even, you know, you can have a debate whether it was a good thing or a bad thing or the types of actions that they took were not enough or could be more or adequate. Bottom line is they did something. Management actually stepped up and tried to do something. And they understood the importance and the sensitivities around it. So I do give them credit for that. Um, and then the final risk, I guess, is the way the company is is evaluated, is 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 evaluated. And to me, as I said, most of the companies, um, um, the way the company is valued is, you know, this is it's becoming more of a global company, but um, but it's the company. There's a lot of geographic bias in the sense that the analysts um, kind of still view it as a, a U.S. Uh, as a U.S. core, as a U.S. company, and I think that kind of muddies, and I don't think it provides enough proper context with how the company is actually doing. And in a way, I could actually hold back the company and hold back the stock from really uh, doing the things that they need to do to 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 get better, to to really justify the true value and the true intrinsic value nature of the company. So there's, as you can see, there are some risks around. Starbucks. As much as the company is, seems to be solid and creating a lot of wealth and profit, and it's a strong financial position company, strong financial position, um, there are risks around this company right now um, that you got to be aware of as, as an investor. So finally, that leads to the last question that I always ask, which is, that's great. This seems like a really good business, a really solid, well-run business. Um, at the end of the day, we're investors, and we're buying and selling stocks. Um, is this a company I want to pick up? Is a stock cheap right now? So some history behind it right now is this, when I, the stock was at one point was trading in the 60s and then it's basically fell and it's you know, the time that I started looking at it was in the 50 was at the $50 level. It's been quite out of favor by the analysts. Uh, primarily because of the, so that so recent social impact. The China tensions, trade tensions, have, have now kind of bottomed into it. The recent earnings reports where they talked about they're closing more stores and they lowered their uh, earnings estimates really put a dent in the stock price. And so right now, it's I would look at it the way I, as I've looked at it right now, is the company's pretty much, to me, out of favor. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of negative stories. There's a lot of negative. There's a bit of a negative vibe around the company. Um, when I looked at it in terms of valuations, uh, from a discounted cash flow perspective, the valuations that I've seen on the company show it coming in between 60 and 65 per share. And uh, so right now, if you're looking at the company, I think the stock right now is cheap. It's at a disc. It's tra I think it's trading at a discount. But because of these uh, negative uh, aspects that are out there, it could. I think it could. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, could see the stock price uh, price fall even more. So, at the end of the day, I ask all these questions. Uh, when I looked at Starbucks, I go, okay, this is a company that has a very unique value proposition. It's a high-end brand. Uh, it's one of the few companies out there that has a lot of pricing power and can increase prices and has, trades at a higher margin. It generates tangible profit. Um, it's got a, a very loyal customer base that is willing to come back over and over again. It's financially, seems like it's a financially strong business. There are risks associated with it, but 
I think the nature of the brand, the strength of the brand, I think can help mitigate a lot of some of these risks. And management has also shown a willingness to, to address issues when they do emerge and address them right away. So that's things, and these are things that I want to see in a business, in a company. And ultimately, I think these are the types of companies that are going to carry a higher stock price. So when I looked at all these elements, um, and I looked at the fact that the stock is now at a trading at a discount, I thought, you know what? To me, this is kind of a best of breed brand, and uh, I thought the timing would be really good to, to jump in on the stock. So ultimately, these are the elements that led me to um, buy um, shares in Starbucks. So that's my analysis. That's my little uh, mind map uh, video on it. If you have any questions about it, you can check out more information on my website, sageinvestors.ca. I have all information about um, this type of stuff. This is the type of stuff that I do teach in my online courses and as well as my in-person courses. So you can check me out at my website, sageinvestors.ca. So that's my analysis of Starbucks. My name is Amon Rainey again of Sage Investors. We'll catch you another time. Bye-bye.